welcome to the Find Your Path podcast, a podcast dedicated to finding and defining your own unique path at work and in your career. I'm your host, career and leadership coach, Michelle Yu, and I'm here to show you what's possible in the realm of your career, which starts by unlocking the power of your mind. Life is way too short to be following someone else's path, and you should work on the things that you enjoy. Now let's dive in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Find Your Path podcast. It's Michelle here, and today's episode, we're going to be talking about seeking professional career help, career advice, and all of my thoughts about this topic as someone who is in the profession and also just witnesses and sees what happens around. So the source of the inspiration for this episode really came out of nowhere. Um, If you if you're curious about how I get inspiration on how to speak about certain topics, they sometimes just hit me because I'm listening to something or something someone says, whether it's a family member, a friend, or a client, and I just have to talk about the topic. So there's an incident that happened where I was just listening to a conversation about someone giving advice to someone else and the nature of that relationship. And I I thought, oh my gosh, I really need to come on here and really talk about what it means to get professional help, especially in the realm of your career. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about who we typically go and seek career help from, why we sometimes avoid delaying and seeking help, um, and what you need to be aware of if you're actually going to be seeking professional help in your current situation. So let's start with the obvious, like who do we go for help? I know that our career situations absolutely change year over year and as we progress through life and sometimes it heightens and sometimes it kind of simmers down, but there are people we tend to go to or we tend to involve when it comes to our career and what's happening at work. So I'm going to state the obvious who we might go to for help and also why they might not be best positioned to help us with what we actually need in the situation. So of course, when we are going through a work problem or a turbulent time or just wanting advice, um, very easy to go to family and friends and your spouse to just talk and vent about what's happening and to see what they say. And not that, um, you know, everyone is, everyone does this. And I think something to recognize is really realizing when it comes to a point where are they the best people positioned to help me with what I'm working on? Like, is my spouse really going to be able to help me and solve what I'm trying to go through? Or, or am I just leaning on them for like that emotional support? And I only say this because <laughs> I'll say this like very transparently, like sometimes our family and our friends just don't really care after a while, If especially if we're going to be beating the same story over and over, they just kind of tune us out and, and it becomes harder to give that sympathy if they're hearing the same repetitive story over and over again. And hence, they lose interest or they might not be invested or 
they're overly invested in the decision that you make in your career that they're not able to give a truly unbiased, objective opinion. And any sort of perspective they do share comes with the level of subjectivity because it affects their own life and their decision and what they think is best for them. So in that instance, I want to just caution individuals to be mindful of the people that they are getting their advice from and really ask themselves, is my spouse or my partner or my parents, are they really going to be able to really help me with a situation where I trust their opinion fully? And in some instances, if the answer is no, then it really kind of hurts the individual because they're so clouded by what their close friends and family think that they're not able to see themselves out of that situation. So when feeling really stuck and when going to friends and family, just be aware of that when that shows up because I have seen my own clients where they're so fixated on what their spouse wants or what their spouse is saying and then they end up losing confidence in their own decision. And that's not good. So... Another area that we tend to go for free career help is to, you know, our coworkers, our bosses, our managers, and try to see what they would think or what they would do in your specific situation. And I want to caution people to be also mindful of this situation too. If you're leaking out certain intimate pieces of what you're going through at work, And if you're sharing your concerns openly with your manager and really ask yourself, like, what are they going to do with that information? Will it cloud their own judgment? And what is their best interest, too? Because sometimes what we think we want will go completely against what our coworkers want or what our managers want of us. Let's say the decision that you're thinking about is wanting to leave the firm altogether and thinking it's time to move on. And if you don't have a place to go to, let's say you're going to your coworker and you're really curious about what your coworker is going to think, they again might come with a level of bias and also confidentiality and breaching it that they want you to stay at the company so bad because you're their best friend and you're that person that listens to them. But they might not be able to do anything about it or they might encourage you to stay when you know in your bones it's not the right decision for you. So same scenario happens if we're trying to talk to our boss about something and trying to move, you know, get their advice on how to change departments. Let's say you've been dreaming about moving to a different role for a long time and trying to speak to your boss about that. And there's a level of transparency there, but there's also having to think about how would that other person potentially respond if they are given that information. And then sometimes that might you know, shoot you in the foot by oversharing and over explaining. So coworkers, bosses, managers might not always be the best to go to talk about certain situations, again, because of that level of subjectivity that they hold and also their own personal vested interest. A couple other places that people go to for free advice include like mentors or even like online support and and not that any of these scenarios are bad. You are absolutely welcome to go to all of these different forums, but just I'm putting in a thought to think about what the implications can be. 
Like I see this on Reddit all the time. And if you listen to the first episode of this podcast and how I chose the name Find Your Path podcast is because I got inspired from what was happening on these Reddit forums where people were asking the internet for random advice. What do I do in this situation? How do I handle XYZ? And they would just pour their lives out to the internet and ask the internet to give them a solution when these people they don't know, these people have different values, these people aren't going to tell them the answer. Um, And my personal belief is that we all do know the answer deep inside of us, but we need someone to help hold a mirror up and to really, really help them to feel confident in their own decision. And sometimes reverting to online support won't solve that issue. And it might just make everything even more confusing. And the thing about mentors as well is that I think mentors are great, but they're busy people and they might not also be as invested in one's career growth. And then that ends up causing tension for people if they're really wanting to lean on their mentor for scenarios here and there. And the mentor just doesn't have that availability to give to them or you know, they're just not as invested in the relationship. So these are all places that we go to for help. And I'm just trying to help point out where the potential gaps might be. So when people are thinking about going and turning for help, you just have an idea of what's available and what to be mindful of. In any case, when going and seeking help, just ask yourself, like, does this person have my best intentions? in mind? Are they really there to serve me? Are they giving an objective, non-biased opinion that will be best for me? And if the answer is no, then really question whether or not they're the right person to give you that advice or that sort of counsel. The second thing is why people avoid asking for help and specifically why people avoid asking for professional help. Now that we've exhausted our networks and people that we've typically go to, what is that blockage of making the leap from asking help from someone that you know to asking for professional third party help? And I'll start with this. I think there is a level of just misinformation and just not knowing that it's available or not knowing what the benefits can be, not knowing that it existed, that prevents people from even considering asking for third party help. Um, I think a common thought can be like, why do I need to go to a therapist when I can speak to my parents or my friends? Or why do I need to go? Why don't I don't need a coach because I can just talk to my best friend or I can talk to my manager and they're a great resource. And that's totally fine. But I want to question and go back going back to that first point that I made around who we ask for help, and the level of their investment in your own success is a critical one. And uh, that level of safety, that level of being able to create openness and space for that person to process in a very unbiased place isn't always available when you're working with the people that you know and looking for for free advice. But in any case, I think people avoid asking for professional help just because they don't really know that it exists or because they have like certain thoughts that make it feel really icky. Um, One of the thoughts being shame and embarrassment. So people who want 
the support, but don't want to say anything about it. They might be conditioned to think like what they're going through is just super uh, uncommon and they feel ashamed to go out to seek help. And I'll give a very open example about mental health and like going to therapy or going to see a counselor because I come from a culture where that is not normal and that is not like there's a stigma associated with getting mental health support. And I'm very open about getting support for mental health. Um, but I know that in my community or my Asian community and my culture, it's not looked look to um, as openly. So there might be that level of shame and level of embarrassment to going out for help. Um, I think I've heard it being described as like, why would I open all of my (laughs) share all of my stories to someone um, very openly and like have them know my whole life story? Why would I pay someone to do that? And I think there's that question, but like really asking yourself if you need the help, what is preventing you from doing it? And I think it's just stories that we've been conditioned from our family or from society around the shame and the embarrassment that we should have it all figured out. And then that is what causes people to suffer in silence. And I actually think that is much worse than like getting the help needed. And it's funny, like my mind has certainly been rewired around this point because I've definitely have had those thoughts before in the past of like, I don't need a coach. I don't need to go to therapy. And because I had so much shame and embarrassment about talking about what I was going through, thinking that it was just like small beans. But in reality, it was causing so much suffering that no one really knew about and that none of my friends, none of my family members, my partner, my coworker, no one could help me. That is what caused me to take that leap and trying something new because I've already exhausted pretty much all my other resources. And I didn't want to waste time continuing to beat the drum to see what would what would stick. And I think that initial shame and embarrassment um, and the stories that we tell ourselves around like I need to just figure it out myself, those actually really keep people locked up from making that progress forward, which kind of parallels this other point that I want to make is that some people have just been really conditioned to do it yourself and DIY everything in their lives. And trained to just want to take it on, feel like they have this veneer of toughness and wants to make a certain point by not asking for help to show how self-sufficient they can be doing it themselves. And I'll use a very simple example, and hopefully this can help put it into perspective for people. Let's say gardening and doing outside lawn lawn chores, whatever it is, whatever it's called, outside gardening, or even inside cleaning. Like some people will have such an aversion to asking for help and not getting their house cleaned, but knowing that they really need it because they don't want someone to come in and look through their things or they're just like, tend to consider themselves like a very private person. And then they also have like levels of trust where they don't want to trust the stranger being in their house. So like all very, very valid points. And if you use the scenario, you can probably 
use it across like any sort of third party asking for help. It comes down to trust. It comes down to openness. It comes down to like recognizing that big of a need or how big that need is. But let's say that this person is so busy, doesn't have any time for themselves and is like on the break on the brink of like melting down and just recognizes they need to clean their house. And this is a very extreme example, but I'm trying to make a point here of just showing that like what's what's really preventing them from from asking for help and getting a cleaner to come and help them with cleaning if that's going to free up their time and free up their emotional agony about how dirty their house is. Like really if it's not a financial reason, like they can certainly afford a couple hundred bucks to get someone to clean, then where is that adversion really coming from? And I just want to leave it with that thought because you can use that analogy for almost everything, um, especially when it comes to seeking help. And I think it also partly has to do with how we've been raised and we've been conditioned to see um, the world because people growing up who have always had tutors or who have always gone for help to get better at something might be more open to doing that in their adulthood versus people who have had to figure it out and do everything themselves growing up might carry that same pattern and behavior in their adult life. So it's almost like being able to relinquish that a little bit of that control and seeing if it can make you better. And I have one more example to really think about. Like if you're trying to get better by doing something, sometimes it makes help makes sense to ask for help from someone who's trained and knows it well. Like you can think of a swim coach or um, a tennis coach or even a surf coach. Um, they know what to spot in your form. They know what to do in your moves. They know and they see like similar patterns and they know exactly how to spot it and how to fix it instantly versus you trying to figure it out time and time again, serve after serve, and it's still not working out. Like I'll give an example earlier this year, I went surfing for the first time and me and my husband could have totally just rented a surfboard and watched some YouTube videos and then go on the water to try it out ourselves. But instead, we decided to take a lesson with a surf coach who helped us, like assisted us, told us about what to watch for and the waves and the timing of our form and like how to stand and doing all these things that we wouldn't have been able to figure out by ourselves. So there's just so much validity there if someone wants to get better faster by having an external third party who is completely objective, who has your best interest in mind um, and can really help you along the way. Okay, so let's say that you've decided to get professional help realizing that You've exhausted all of the free resources from family members, from friends, and are overcoming that hurdle of the shame and the embarrassment of trying to DIY everything yourself and you're ready to get help. These are the things that I want people to be aware of, especially if they're considering coaching and even if they're, let's say they're on the market to find a solution for their problems. I want to put this out very, very openly. 
Um, what are some of the considerations? And I say this having been there before and thinking that these things would solve what I'm looking for. The first mistake that people make is thinking that throwing money at the problem will by default solve the problem. And this is so, <laughs> I wish there was a panacea that would magically solve the issues that you're looking for. Like if there was like a grand script that you could say when you're interviewing or a master template that you could use when you're sending in your resume or going up for promotion. Like if there was like a roadmap that could just outline everything that you need to know and someone can give that to you. I think that's a little bit too good. It sounds too good to be true. So the first mistake people really make is thinking that because they're investing in solving a solution, that by default, they're going to get the result. And the result isn't from throwing money at the problem. It's actually by doing the work. Like you're still going to have to do the work if you want to switch jobs and you want to make a complete transition. Hiring a coach, a career coach isn't going to magically solve that because it's on the individual to continue doing what they're doing and make some tweaks to their their strategy or make tweaks to their resume or how they network or whatever it might be. Like just because you're hiring someone to do it for you doesn't necessarily solve the problem and it won't necessarily get you to the result if you're not committed to doing the work and going all in on yourself and doing that work. And I'll give an example too. Like in the past, I'm going to use an example of my dog because I think this is the most easy example. My dog used to have a lot of behavioral issues. Actually, he still does have behavioral issues, but he's gotten so much better from when we first adopted him. And we went through getting a lot of external advice from different trainers and different perspectives. And they would tell me different things. But, you know, just because I hired a trainer didn't mean that my dog was going to automatically get better. And just because I was sending him to training or to daycare um, over the weekends, like that didn't automatically mean he was going to get better. The change for my dog came from the consistent everyday actions of being diligent with his feeding routine or with his um, whenever he misbehaved and being able to correct that behavior. So just because someone thinks that they're signing up for, you know, coaching or um, swim lessons or whatever it is, or getting professional help, but they're not actively incorporating it in their day to day, it's not going to solve the issues. Like I really wish that <laughs> I could pay a trainer and, you know, and maybe some trainers do this for their dogs so that you can send them to um, a camp and you can rehabilitate your dog and then you pick them up and they're like an absolute angel. And I really consider doing this for my dog. But at the same time, I was also very aware that by the time my dog returned back to me, if I still didn't have the right consistency and the discipline to uphold his training, he's just going to revert right back where he started. So something to be mindful of that just because you're getting help doesn't mean that there's going to be a magic formula that automatically solves something. 
And the same idea happens with a resume writer. I want to talk about this one really quickly because I actually have quite a few uh, clients that have come to me after they've worked with a resume writer because they thought that going to a resume writer would make them feel better about their background um, and their interview prospects and so forth, but it didn't. And they usually come to me because they feel so misaligned with what the resume writer wrote for them and not reflecting who they really are. And then they they kind of spin out because of that. And, you know, my response is like, resume writers will give you a finished product, but they can't help you solve that like own inner narrative that you're telling about yourself of why you're not good enough for the job or that feeling of imposter syndrome that you have every time you interview, like outsourcing that to someone isn't going to solve it. It's really on the individual to do the work of showing up daily and not being afraid of rejection and not being afraid to be disciplined with their process, like all of those things. So just be mindful if your expectation is that once you solve or once you sign up for something that will automatically get solved because you're getting professional help, that is not going to be the case. Um, And one more thing around that topic is professional help can be really confusing. And I'll say this openly, like, (laughs) I'll go back to the dog training example, because when my dog was having his behavioral issues, we went to like four trainers and they all told us different things and they gave us different assessments and some of them were valid and some of them weren't. But this is what happens and I think is getting more complex as we start having even more access to content and to different thought leaders and to different you know prof- people who claim they're professional is that it can be confusing about who to trust and what advice is actually valid. For example, career coaches that say or have a really hard and fast philosophy that your resume needs to be one page or it can be two pages or you always have to follow this certain format and how to interview and on and on it goes. There's going to be people who as professionals might have a very hard stance towards that. And I just want to say that it all really comes down to the fact of learning to trust yourself. A professional who can show someone about how they can start to trust themselves when they, the next time they're running into that challenge or the next time that they're feeling really stuck in their situation. I firmly believe that the professional's role should be helping them self-mitigate and self-coach or self-help themselves so that they can be better every single time moving forward. And this can be a really big area of growth too, because like with dog training, you have these trainers that are telling you how to how to not get your dog to tug on the leash when you're on a walk. And you'll get 50 billion different perspectives on how to do that. But at the end of the day, it comes down to you as an individual learning to trust what works the best for you and your own unique situation. My philosophy is you get the expert's perspective and then you just learn to trust yourself to make the best decision possible using what you've learned. 
And this is a huge, huge area of growth. And this is how I know that, let's say, a client of mine has been successful is that they take my perspective and then they decide to make the best decision given their situation. And that is huge growth. And I think people really need to recognize and give themselves the credit when they learn, especially if they've been feeling really down on themselves and have feeling very low levels of self-esteem. The moment that they're able to start nipping the voice of what their parents are telling them, what their boss is saying, what their spouse is saying, what the internet is saying, what their coach is saying even, the moment they can start to eliminate all of that external noise and guidance and then start to really trust themselves and their own wisdom and what they feel is best in their situation, that is huge, huge growth. And I personally believe for me as a coach, that's where I want to get all my clients to is them learning to know what is best for them. Because let's be honest, in the digital age that we're going to now, it's hard to find what information is going to be the most relevant and the most reputable. And it's it's only going to get more confusing. You see it in the pandemic of do we wear masks? Do we not wear masks? Is the vaccine working? Is it not working? Like there's just so much stuff out there that you'll find pretty much anything that will validate your opinion one way or the other based on, you know, your cognitive bias. Um, it's like that confirmation bias. You'll, you'll always find something that supports what you're looking for. And the more an individual can start to tune into that and really start trusting their own voice and their own inner wisdom, then that is when they really have known they've grown. And that's what I fundamentally believe a good professional, especially as a career coach, should help people with is learning to trust themselves. So at the end of the day, um, it's okay to ask for help. (laughs) I know that this sounds very obvious, but it's okay to ask for help. If you're going through something, if you're not really sure where to turn, if you're starting to doubt and question whether or not your parents are the best people to speak to, your friends are starting to tune you out and you're not sure where to turn, it's okay 100% to ask for professional help. And The other takeaway I want you guys to walk away with is just really questioning and knowing and understanding what is the motive behind the person that you're trying to speak to and are they really in a good position to help me with what I need? Are they going to have my back essentially like day in and day out? And the last thing is just knowing that no one can really help you unless you're willing to show up and do the work for yourself that you have to really want the change and the transformation more than everyone else around you. You have to want that new job or new ideal dream city. You need a need you need to want that goal more than your parents want that for you, more than your boss wants that for you, more than your coach. So it's being able to really empower yourself that you are in control and you've always been in control. And honestly, if there's anything that I've learned in the last year or so of starting my business, it's learning that we're just not meant to go at this alone. (laughs) I've spoken to so many really successful people in their careers and they've all just said, like the journey can be a lonely one and we're all just not meant to 
go through the battles by ourselves and staying silent by ourselves just doesn't help. There's absolutely no shame and no embarrassment for going out and seeking help. And we should just normalize the conversation if it's about our career, if it's about our mental health, being able to see it as as openly as hiring a third, like a gym trainer or a dog trainer or a swim coach or a tennis coach, like all of these things that we seek help for can totally be normalized if we think about it in the context of our career, in the context of relationships or life or just anything. We can totally find people that are willing to help us there. And with that, I will leave it here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I had a lot of fun just sharing stories and talking through about this topic. I hope you all found it useful. If you are feeling like you're ready to take that next step of getting help, feel free to reach out to me. I work with my clients for a period of five months and we coach across everything and anything related to your career, whether it's considering a career transition, whether it's developing your own leadership style, or whether it's addressing imposter syndrome at work. So my coaching is very curated to your individual needs. And I just want to invite you and see if we'd be a good fit in working together. You can reach out to me, DM me, find me on Instagram, would love to chat more and see if I can be a good resource and support for you and your endeavors moving forward. With that, I will see you all next week. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for joining me today. If you are loving what you're hearing, there are a few ways you can work with me. Head to www.michellekyu.com to learn more about my coaching services or follow me on Instagram at MKYU Coaching for more career, leadership, and business content.